Limitless Love. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's podcast. Thank you for coming in and supping with us, having a meal with us. Lord, let us pray and make sense of our prayers, Lord. Our desire is to be one with you. As you are seated in the right hand of the Father, as you are seated in the right hand with the Father, Lord, we are there too. As Jesus says, so are we, says the scripture. We thank you, Jesus, for your love, your concerns, and what the Father is working on. What is the Father working on today that we might be partakers and help with joy, enthusiasm, laughter, and a sense of well-being to the hearers, that they may rejoice when they see us in the word walking and talking in the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture for today is loaded with benefits every day is 68.619 in the book of Psalms, chapter 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Pause and let us think about that. It says, in other words, let us meditate on this for a minute. It says, bless the Lord. Can a human being bless the Lord? Bless the Lord. I think his blessings come right back to us as we think of him. As we put him in first place and we bless the Lord, we become one in union with him. And that's the conduit. That blessing... I had my sister ask me once, how can a human, mere human, bless the Lord with, with all his grandeur, magnificent accomplishments, and his great love? And I said, I don't know, but it feels good. Bless the Lord. This one says, blessed be the Lord, who daily, every day, loads us with benefit, loaded us with benefit. To the to the full, to the overflowing, load us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation. And to boot, he's our redeemer. He has saved us. And put us in right standing with our God, with the Father. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. An article by Gloria Copeland. Some people always put the blessing of God off until another day. Instead of believing to receive it right now, they, they say, one of these days, God is going to prosper me. One of these days, God is going to heal me. One of these days, God is going to bless my life and someone else will cook the turkey. But the Bible tells us something different. It says he loves us so much, he loads us with benefits every day. What kind of benefits, you ask, does he give? The benefits of salvation, which include the new birth, freedom from sin, huge benefits, healing benefit, and prosperity. The word salvation actually means soundness of or wholeness in every area of life. 
It means deliverance from both temporal and eternal dangers. Amen. People often get excited when they go to work for a company that has an especially good employee benefit plan. They're thrilled when they can get a good health or a retirement plan. But no matter how good those kind of plans are, they just provide benefits every now and then. And they're always limited. Worldly people have to be satisfied with that. But you don't. You're a child of God. You don't have to live like the world does. You have something they don't have. You have a covenant in the blood of Jesus with a God who loves you and wants to be good to you. He has provided for you the best plan in the history of man. And you can load up on its benefits, not just now and then, but every day. Just think. Think a minute. No matter how many of God's children draw on these benefits at once, they never run out. He always has enough to take care of every believer. He always has enough to meet every need. If you doubt it, read how God brought the Israelites out from the bondage of Egypt. They've been living as slaves, mistreated and overworked. They were poor and no doubt many of them were sick and hurting. But when they applied the blood of the Passover lamb to their houses, they instantly became beneficiaries of God's great blessing. Within hours, they were not only free, they were healed and prosperous. The Bible says, God brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Psalms 105, verse 37. That was no small feast. There were more than a million of those people. But God had enough to take care of them. All. He had more than enough power to load every one of them with benefits. So stir up your faith and lay claim daily to what your loving God has provided. He surely, He will surely do the same for you and for me. Let's pray. Father God, the need and the blessings are not here yet. But they will come if we should have them. It will surely come. Amen. The supply prayer. The supply statement. It creates faith, hope, and an openness how we bless the Lord. One more time. Let's try it this way. I will bless the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Yeah, the supply of it may not be here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. Amen. Our next scripture is Colossians 2.15, New International Version. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. What happened next is up to us by Gloria Copeland. Why do bad things happen to good people? It seems every time a tragedy takes place, people start asking that question. They act as if 
if it's some deep, unfathomable mystery. But the fact is, it's a question with a very similar answer. Bad things happen because of the devil. He is mean and ruthless. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to good people and bad and brings evil to anyone who will let him. But if God loves us, someone might ask, why doesn't he do something about that? He already has. He sent Jesus to the earth to defeat him, and on our behalf, he sent him to disarm the devil and bring him to nothing. Hebrews 2.14 And through his death, burial, and resurrection, that is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus defeated the devil in his own dominion. He stripped from him all his rights and authority in the earth. He canceled all the devil's legal claims by paying the price of sin so that no longer has any power over any person who receives Jesus as Lord. Why then is the devil still giving believers so much trouble? Because he is an outlaw. Think of it in natural terms. And you can easily understand it. In our country, we have laws against murder, drugs, dealing out the drug dealings and theft. But if the law is not enforced, criminals still do those things, don't they? They will do every rotten thing they can't get away with. The devil is the same way. He is a murderer. He is a thief. He takes what doesn't belong to him. So even though he has no legal right to do bad things to good people, he will do it anyway if we let him get away with it. He steals our authority and uses it against us with the words of our mouth. He'll pressure us into saying things that legally open the door to his destructive path. Even though God loves us clearly and paid a high price to secure our freedom, if we don't enforce his word in our lives, Satan will continue to dominate us anyway. He'll put sickness on us if we don't enforce God's word about healing. He'll put poverty on us if we don't enforce God's word about prosperity. We cannot simply sit around waiting for God to do something about the devil. That's unscriptural. The Bible says God has already done his part. What happens next is up to us. We can continue to let the devil operate illegally in our lives, or we can do what the Bible says and resist him. We can drive him out of our lives with the word of God. We can personally see to it that he doesn't get away with the thing. The devil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against us will prosper, but we will prosper in the name of the Lord. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Again, our God supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Again, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Greater is he that is inside of us than he that's in the world. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen.
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's say this together. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For the Lord thy God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. The Lord has prepared a table before us of benefits. Our cup runs over. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup run it over. Surely, let us all declare this together. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we will live in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We must run the words through us to activate them. Isn't that easy? Hearken unto the word of the Lord and activate the words. The more we say it, the more we believe in them, and the more we'll see it come to pass. And you say, well, I don't feel it. Well, say this prayer. Lord, the supply, the joy, the love, and the enthusiasm is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. Amen. Our next scripture is Matthew 10, 7 and 8 from the New American Standard. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. This reminds me of a 12-step meeting where literally people are the walking dead. And you can see them be revived of their leprosy, revived of their, freed from their demons. They wake up to eternal life. They're healed in their spirits and then the body follows. And the joy of the laughter and forgiveness, the kingdom of God is established in their purpose. Amen. And the churches around the world are doing this. These are the instructions Jesus gave to his disciples during his earthly ministry. He told them to do much the same thing he commissioned us as believers to do in Mark 16. He told us to tell the good news about Jesus, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Why did Jesus give us these, those instructions? Did he do it because he wanted us to go out and show the world how much spiritual power we have? Did he want us to do supernatural things just to prove to people that we're right and they're wrong? 
Certainly not. Jesus told us to do these things. For the same reason he told of those first apostles to them. Because the multitude were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And when he saw them, he was moved with compassion on them. Jesus instructed us to minister to people because he loves them. And the only way he will effectively carry out that ministry is as we love them too. It won't work for us to be short-tempered and insensitive to people and then try to pray for them or lay hands on them for healing. We won't be able to operate in much of God's power with that attitude. On the other hand, if we'll go out every day with our hearts full of God's love, and be kind and compassionate toward people in the natural affairs of life, we'll, we'll also be able to minister to them with the supernatural power of God. Our love will draw them to Jesus, and they'll be eager and willing to receive. But I'm just a believer, you might argue. I'm not an apostle or an evangelist. I can't minister to people like that. The Bible says you can. It says believers will minister healing. It doesn't say just apostles will do it. It doesn't say evangelists will do it. It says believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's your job. It's what you're supposed to do. If you'll just begin to lay hands on people in simple faith because you love them and want them to be blessed, You'll be amazed on how many people will get healed. Jesus still as moved by compassion for the multitudes as he was 2,000 years ago. He still wants to teach them, touch them, and heal them. All he needs is for you to step out in love and in faith, and he will do these things for them through you. Again, the Bible says, you can. It says believers will minister healing. It doesn't say just the apostles will do it. And it doesn't say evangelists will do it. It says believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's our job. That is what we're supposed to do. Even with our presence and listening to them of their woes, we heal them. We take their heavy hearts away away from them because we're listening with compassion amen and amen our next scripture is Matthew 15 29 to 31 Jesus departed from there and came into the, the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat there and great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them, insomuch that the multitudes wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel." Let us take a moment to glorify the God of our salvation. Thank you, God. Let us thank God that he healed us spiritually. 
He has healed us physically. He has healed us mentally. And He has healed us financially. Healed us from worry. He has healed us from Satan's attacks. Let us glorify the God of our lives. The God of Israel. The God of our towns. The God of our existence. Amen. By Gloria Copeland. It's amazing to me that any sane person could ever think that our wonderful loving God could get glory from the sickness, poverty, or pain of his children. But the fact is, some people do. So when the devil comes along and attacks them, robbing them of the blessings of their inheritance in Jesus, instead of fighting him, they just lie down and let him run over them. I guess I'm just suffering for the Lord, they'll say. Oh, I'll just try to be sweet and grateful for it so I can show the world how much I love God and bring glory to Him. To him. Or I am suffering for my kids to take pain and sickness from them. Don't ever let that kind of thinking get hold of you. It is not only unscriptural. It totally maligns the character and nature of God. Instead of portraying, portraying Him as a tender and infinitely loving God, Father, who wants to do nothing but good for His children, that kind of theology presents God as a cruel, unfeeling tyrant who somehow gives pleasure out of the suffering of His own obedient people. It not only grieves the heart of God, it drives the unbelieving world even further away from Him. The world is not impressed with how we suffer. They aren't looking for a God who will help them suffer sickness more gratefully. They aren't looking for a God who will afflict them with poverty and pain and then give them strength to endure it. The world is... <coughs> The world is looking for a way out of those things. They're looking for healing. They're looking for deliverance. They're searching desperately for a way to live and be blessed. If you want to glorify God, allow His healing, deliverance, and prosperity power to work fully in you. Again, if you want to glorify God, allow His healings, His deliverances, and His prosperity to work fully in His power through you. When the devil comes to steal God's blessings, fight him hard with faith and the word. Hold on tightly to what belongs to you. In Jesus, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hearken unto the word of God by saying them and filling your house with his blessings. Hold your ground until the full manifestation of God's blessing breaks through in your life and your body is healed and whole. Your family is happy and blessed and your finances are flowing abundantly. Become a living demonstration of the love of God so that others can see it and God can truly be glorified in you. Amen. Thy loving kindness is better than life.
The Lord's loving kindness is better than life. In Him will we live and move and have our being. The Lord restores. He restores our health, our finances, our joy, our laughter. Restoration comes through praising and believing the Lord God in His promises. Staying in His Word causes us to believe. Staying in the in the TV causes us to lose faith. Our next scripture is, <clears throat> O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Psalm 34, verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. It always amazes me when I, I bite a fruit like a strawberry or an orange and or something that's, that's sweet and I think about God. I said, wow, the Lord gave us an incredible amount of variety. Kiwi, bananas, you know, oranges, just an apple, you know. Eat an apple after you have a meal, cleans, cleans your, your teeth and your refreshes your mouth oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man that trusted in him i believe i build more trust when i meditate on the lord as we taste and eat on the dinner table his blessings and we give him thanks we stay in union with him we stay in oneness he with us we with him we're the ones who open the door. An article by Gloria Copeland says, Once you begin to see in the word that God truly loves you, once your heart begins to grasp how good he really is, all you must do to receive the blessing is simply trust his love. Trust him instead of fuzzing and worrying about the circumstances that threaten you of striving and struggling with those around you who are causing you trouble, trust Him completely with confidence that somehow He will get the blessings to you. That somehow He will get the blessing to you. That kind of childlike faith in God's love is the most powerful force on earth. The devil can't defeat it. People can't stop it from working. It absolutely cannot be denied. Some years ago, Old Roberts told the story of an 11-year-old boy who had come to one of his meetings with that kind of faith. Old Roberts didn't even see him until the meeting was over. By that time, he had laid hands on so many people, he was almost depleted of strength. As he was walking out of the building, however, that boy who was sitting with his crutches beside him happened to catch his eye. What are you doing here, son? asked Brother Roberts. The boy answered simply, I am supposed to be healed today. Sadly, Oral Roberts began to apologize. I wish I could help you, he said, but I don't have the, the strength to pray for one more person. I don't know about that, the boy answered. All I know is I'm supposed to be healed today. Or Roberts knew from experience that 
what that kind of simple trust in God could do. So weary as he was, he laid his hands on the little boy and prayed while the boy believed and received his healing. The last time I heard, the young man had grown up and is still healed and whole. Just think what wonderful things God could do for us if we all trusted him that way. Imagine what miracles would happen if we shook off the complexities and questions that weaken our faith and simply expected God to do for us what he said he would do. Even the devil himself couldn't stop us from receiving the benefits of God's love. When he threatened us with calamity or suggested God might not be able to come through for us this time, we would answer much like the young boy did. When he threatened us with calamity or suggested God might not be able to come through for us this time, we would answer much like that young boy did. We would all say, say it with me, I don't know about all that, Satan. All I know is that my father loves me and I am supposed to be blessed today. Amen. Again, all I know is that my father loves me and I'm supposed to be blessed today. That's a great statement to say to circumstances, situations, people, even a turkey that does not want to get properly cooked. I don't know about all this, but I do know that my Father loves me in heaven, and I'm supposed to be blessed today. Amen. We are a child of God, and we get His benefits. Amen. The supply for it is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. Amen. Our next scripture is Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 from the Amplified Bible. Surely he has borne our griefs, sickness and weaknesses and distresses, and carry our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. That chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripe that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Amen. I once took a class in chemistry when I was in my 20s, mid-20s. And what they taught me there is that when there's create a vacuum, a vacuum uh something will fill it in. There was a vacuum created by the punishment of Jesus Christ, a vacuum in the universe that stopped all time and eternity. And that vacuum that our Lord and Savior was wrongly uh, hit with the lashes and the crucifixion. And that caused a vacuum and that vacuum takes away all our sickness all our diseases all our pains iniquities and it gives us the benefits of peace and well-being that was upon him and with his stripes the wounded him were healed and made whole amen to that 
Gloria goes on to say, When the prophet Isaiah wrote these verses, he was looking ahead by the Spirit, foreseeing what Jesus would do for us one day on the cross. He saw then what many believers even now haven't seen yet. He saw that Jesus, by his sacrifice, would bless every part of man's being. He would bless us spiritually by bearing the punishment for our sins. He would bless our souls by paying the price for our peace. And he would bless us physically by ta taking upon himself our sickness and diseases so we could be healed and free. That's one thing I appreciate most about the love of God. It is comprehensive. God doesn't just care about one or two isolated parts of our lives. He isn't concerned only about our spiritual well-being. His love covers every part of us, spirit, soul, and body. Think about that for a moment. Jesus didn't pay the price for your spirit and leave your body under the dominion of sickness and disease. No. He didn't pay the price for your body to leave your mind to be tormented with anxiety and guilt. No. Jesus paid the price for the whole man. When he went to the cross, he obtained righteousness for your spirit, peace for your mind, and healing for your body. He didn't leave any part of you out of the plan of redemption. That's what we call the full gospel. The only reason more people aren't enjoying the benefits of it is because it hasn't been widely preached. Religion, religion has convinced us to preach a partial gospel instead. As a result, most Christians think the plan of redemption is much like the insurance or health plans devised by a man. These plans are exclusive. These, those plans are exclusive. They're full of stipulations that leave a, a great many things in your life uncovered. They contain lots of fine print that tells you if you don't get yourself in this situation or that situation, this plan won't help you. The benefits will be denied. God will never give us that a, a redemption plan like that. He cares so deeply about every detail of our lives that He was compelled to provide us with a comprehensive plan that will meet our every need in every possible situation. A plan that will keep us forever completely covered, spirit, soul, and body, by His unfailing love. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our readings for this morning have ended. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, our Father, who art in the heavens, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray one more prayer, the prayer of Jabez. Jabez. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Come on now, you have to say oh with me. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. 
Let your hand be upon me, and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not harm me. And God did what we requested. Amen. And God performed what we requested. Amen. What an incredible prayer. Remember, this guy, his name was Loser. And remember the scripture says that God came to, to confound the wise by taking losers and making them winners with his strength, his power, his word, his blessings, his deeds. By the losers taking him at his word, they became overcomers. They became radiant light and shining demonstrations of his love of what can do to a man if the man allows God to enter in and lift him up. That's who we are, people. 